at the well, the Samaritan woman. And I've been reading it over and over, and God's just been giving me more and more. And I'm going to try and give it all to you today. I better not, so I'll call it a series, and we'll space it out. How about that? I'll try and not unload everything on you today. But we're going to start, I don't know how long it will last, but just on calling it the well. And let's read the story. And it starts in the third verse of the fourth chapter of John. It says, And he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. That phrase catches me. That he needed to go through Samaria. There were other routes. But but he felt he needed to go that way. It says, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It was about noon. It, if you just want the context, the kind of the time of day, the heat of the day. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food because it was lunchtime. Right? And, <laughs> and I'm hungry. So I'll try and be done before lunch for you. No promises. Nobody leave to go buy anything. And it says, then the, then the woman said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give to him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. 
We'll stop there. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later. But this morning, I want to preach to you just on the thought of thirsty. Thirsty. And I want to take it different different areas than just a thirst for water. I realized this morning I'll be able to preach this from experience because in my office I normally keep water and I was out of water this morning. So I might get thirsty while I'm preaching on thirsty. But why don't you, before you're seated this morning, why don't you tell your neighbor you look thirsty. You just, you look a little thirsty. 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 When I knew what I, the topic that I was going to be talking about, and I told my daughter, my teenage daughter, 15 years old, freshman in high school, I told her, I think I'm going to call my sermon Thirsty. I said, do you know what thirsty means? Have you ever heard anything about that? And she said, oh, Dad, don't do that. Don't make people say they're thirsty or you look thirsty. Don't, don't do that. Because I found out something. Thirsty doesn't mean the same thing to this generation as it did to my generation. If someone said they were thirsty in my generation or they look thirsty, we were just thinking... You could use a drink of water. You look a little hot. Their generation doesn't see it that way. Because, because if you look in Webster's Dictionary, we're not even going to go to the Urban Dictionary because that's just bad. But if you look at Webster's Dictionary, there's a second definition of thirsty than what we're used to. There's a, there's a definition that reads this way in Webster's. It says, feeling a strong desire or need for something. Feeling a strong desire or need for something. So, so this next generation has taken that definition more. And when they find somebody that... Maybe they post a little too many selfies of themselves on Instagram because I found out too, this generation don't use Facebook. If you use Facebook, you're not cool. I know you thought you were, but as soon as you started using it, it realized it was not cool anymore. And if somebody's posting pictures of themselves constantly with the different poses around trying to get the likes that they're after what they would say about that person because they are needing the attention in their lives and they're needing 
the affirmation, uh, they would say, that person, they're just thirsty. Or, or if you had, we'll, we'll go more urban, I'll try and keep it clean. If you had a young man that is hitting them on every girl that he sees, he's just, just coming on to every girl, it doesn't matter, they would just say, he's thirsty. Or, or, or a young woman, young lady that is always flirting with every guy that they see and dressing in a way to get the opposite sex's attention, we would say, they're thirsty. So I want to, I realize though, if we take it from that kind of context, if we're honest with ourselves, we all get a little thirsty from time to time. Where I'm going, we all need a need in our lives for some validation, some love, some acceptance, some security, some, some, some affection. We all need those things in our lives, and it's not, it's not wrong to need those things. It's just wrong the places you go to get that. It's not the thirst. It's the places you go to feel that thirst. And, and we're all thirsty from time to time, but where are you going to quench the thirst you have in you? What you have here in this story is, is I, you have a woman, let, let's be honest, she was thirsty. But you have Jesus, and I like how it starts. It says, it says he needed to go through Samaria. I think... I want to just jump right to the encounter with Jesus and the woman. But I'm stuck at this spot for a little bit because that phrase caught me of he needed to go through Samaria. Because it makes sense if you look at the maps in the back of your Bible. I don't know if they have it on the apps. But in the back of your Bibles, if you ever look at the maps and you look at the map of, of Israel at the time of, of Jesus alive, you'll see, uh, you'll see he was in uh, Judea. It's down at the bottom. He's going to Galilee up near the top. And right in the middle of the two, Judea and Galilee, you find Samaria. So... So yeah, it's right in the middle of it. And, and yeah, he was in Judea, the place of Jerusalem, the hub of the Jewish culture at the time, the, the place of worship that they would go to, the, the holy area of, of Jerusalem that's in Judea. Galilee, where he's going, is where he spends most of his ministry where he does so many miracles and around Galilee, but in the middle, you have Samaria. And Samaria wasn't a place that Jews went to. They might pass through, going from Galilee or Judea back and forth, 
they might pass through only because there was a main road that went there, through there, and you could get there faster. But Pharisees, for instance, they didn't like Samaria. They didn't like Samaritans. Samaria is not a bad place if it wasn't full of Samaritans. Samaria's beautiful. Like the rest of Israel, it's just there's Samaritans there. Samaritan, in, in the Old Testament, some, some, when the kingdom split, the northern kingdom was Samaria. It had the evil kings that you'll read about in, in, in the Old Testament so much. It had Jezebel as the queen. I mean, it had Ahab. It had all these. So, so Jews didn't care for the Samaritans. They, they kind of caused them a lot of trouble back in the day. And then the fact that Samaria was captured by Syria way before the rest of the southern part of the kingdom was captured, there was a lot of mixed races in Samaria. So they avoided them. They didn't like Samaria. In fact, Pharisees, Pharisees, if they traveled from Samaria or from Judea to Galilee and back and forth, they would go around the area just to avoid Samaritans. Just to stay away from Samaritans. And I was thinking, knowing the history of that, the phrase that John uses saying Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Aren't you glad that Jesus feels the need to go through some things in your life? Some things that other people want to avoid altogether? Some things that you yourself try to avoid altogether? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't avoid it? but that he feels the need to go through it with you, to deal with it, not just, not just skip over that and don't mess with that. I know you're hurt here, and I know that happened to you there, and everybody else wants to avoid it, but Jesus says, no, I'm, I, 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 I feel a need. I've got to go through this. If I'm going to get healing for you, if I'm going to make a, something happen in your life, if I'm going to bring deliverance to you, uh, I've got to go through it. And I'm telling you, one of the hardest things as a Christian uh, is to allow God to go through uh, my life uh, and go through the things that I don't want Him to mess with and I don't want Him to touch. And I would rather Him just go around this and move me from here to here. But don't go through it. But God always goes through it. He's a God that's willing to go through it with you. Come on. He's not, he's not somebody that just skips around it. He's always willing to go through it with you. And he's journeying now from Judea to Galilee, where he's about to just really 
do miracles after miracles after miracles in Galilee. But he says, at first, I know you don't want to go with me here. I know you'd rather go around this, but, but I feel a need. I'm going to go through Samaria. And he gets there. And when he arrives at this certain city in Samaria, it's hot. It's noon. He's hungry. He's been walking a while. The sun's beating down. And I think it's funny because Jesus is thirsty. So he stops at a well and says, guys, y'all go get food and just bring it back to me. And he stays at this well. And about that time, a woman of the city comes walking up. Now, this woman, she's got to be thinking, I didn't come early in the day because early in the day, all the ladies are getting the water at this well. All the ladies are. I waited till noon so that I didn't have to talk to anybody. So that I didn't have to deal with anybody. So that I could avoid those that I know are talking about me. So I didn't have to get the looks, the accusations, hear the mongles under their breath. I didn't have to come and just pretend like it doesn't hurt that no one talks to me when I go. And she goes at the well at noon at a time when no one else is there on purpose. I, I'm trying to let you relate a little bit to the... If you just read the things quick, it's hard to relate to, but if you can... She's thirsty. It's hot. She's tired of all the talk. She's tired of the avoidance. She's tired of going to Walmart and seeing people and realizing they kind of made that contact, eye contact, and went down a different aisle when they saw me. Oh, come on, you know a Samaritan. Act like all of a sudden, I need a belt. At Walmart, the best place to bomb. Just to avoid the grocery aisle while the Samaritan's there. Samaritan, she comes. You can tell she's got the, this attitude. She's not starting a conversation. She brings her jug to the well ready to do her job and Jesus looks at her and says hey give me a drink I'm thirsty give me a drink 
response, if I can put it in modern English, well, we read it, but if I can put it in modern English, it would be this. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Because I don't think you're talking to me. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. So I know you're not talking to me. Why don't you just mind your own business? Just come to get my water and leave. You talking to me? And Jesus, Jesus responds with, he says, look, if you knew, if you knew who was talking to you, if you knew who it, who it is that is speaking to you, you would be asking me for a drink. And her response, you don't even have a bucket. Tell me, you think your life's together? You come to a well with no way to get anything out of it. You don't even have a bucket. You don't have a rope. You don't have anything to fetch the water. And you're trying to judge me? And Jesus, Jesus under his voice going, yeah, I, I got a bucket. It's you. I, I got a bucket, all right. You, you think, I've got, you're my bucket. You're my bucket, and I've got some water to fill you up with. I've got something inside of me that will pour into you in overflowing. I've got a source you don't know about. I've got some water that will satisfy you. I've got something that I can pour into you that you'll never need to come back to this area again and be dependent upon a well for your quenching of thirst that's in you. I've got water to pour in you and her response catches me because just that little bit and she's going oh I like the sound of that because if I get this water from you I don't have to come back here again and I don't have to deal with the people who gather around this well. And I don't have to deal with the stories. And I don't have to deal with the accusations. And I don't have to deal with the stares. And I don't have to deal with all this. Yeah, yeah, give me some of that water. And watch, watch. I, I want to put it in, in, in modern English. Now, now watch where this goes. This is crazy. And, and you can tell your neighbor afterwards, like, boy, that was fast. Because she says, yeah, give me some of that. Give me some of that water. Give me some of that living water. And watch this. Watch this. Throw the, throw the, next, the, the next verse up. It says, the woman said to him, sir, give me that water. Give it to me that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said, go get your husband. Go call your husband and come here. Watch, watch. She goes, she goes. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Ain't nothing wrong. You, you just, you don't have to go there, Jesus. We don't have to mess with it. Just, just give me the water. I don't have, I don't have a husband. 
I don't. And Jesus said, Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. That went fast, didn't it? Whoa! Man, that was lightning speed. I love how Jesus did this. That went, uh, can you be more direct, God, right now? I want some of that water. I want some living water. Go get your husband. I don't have a husband. Yeah, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the guy you're living with right now, you're just shacking up with him. You're not married to him, so yeah, yeah, you spoke right. You have no husband. Let's be honest, modern, modern urban dictionary, we can just be honest, say, she is thirsty. Come on. No wonder she's at the well. Five husbands. You know what Jesus was doing? He started going from a first definition of what we think of as thirsty. And he just moved it right on. Tell me Jesus isn't relevant. He's using Urban Dictionary back 2,000 something years ago for the word thirsty. She's using the one we grew up with. He's going right to the urban source. Yeah, you're thirsty, all right. Got five husbands. None of them work. Now you're just living with somebody. Yeah, you're thirsty. He started drawing attention to what the well was. You, you see, before you get all self-righteous on this lady, she was thirsty. Yes, she was thirsty for acceptance. She was thirsty for love. She was thirsty for validation. She was thirsty for some security in her life. She was, she was thirsty. And she kept going to a well of men trying to quench that thirst in her life. Come on. Oh, this is deep right here. She keeps going to a well a source to try and quench this thirst. Time and time again, she's trying going to this man, and then that man, and then that man, and then that man, hoping I can get this love, I can get this acceptance, I can get this security that I'm after. I'm thirsty for it. I need it. I need this. And she keeps going. And before you get self-righteous, come on, let's talk about your wells that you go to. Uh-oh. Because, because we all get thirsty and we all have our particular wells that we keep coming back to to quench a thirst in our lives. Your, 
Your well might not look like her well, but it's still a well that you go to trying to quench something. Come on now. Why is it that you wake up first thing in the morning and you check Facebook to see who has liked what you have said? Why do you post something and keep going back and back and back and then wonder why no one likes me? No one's looking. Maybe they didn't see it. I'll post it again. I'll share it again. You share your own stuff. Come on, you're thirsty. Why? Because I'm wanting somebody to approve it. I'm wanting somebody to accept it. I'm wanting somebody to, to show me some love. I'm wanting somebody. You see, you see, you can gripe about this woman and complain about her, but you're just as thirsty. Your well just looks different. Why is it that you eat comfort food every time you're down? Uh-oh. Because you're thirsty. And the well's in the fridge. Or the freezer. That uncooked cookie dough's calling your name because you're thirsty. And you're down. And this will make me feel better for a little bit. And then you get discouraged because of how you look. So you get down again, and you go back to the freezer again. And come on, it's a, it's a trap. You keep going back to the well. Because it quenches for a little while, but it leaves me thirsty again. And I go back, and I go back, and I go back. Why is it that I just drink when I'm stressed? Just to take the edge off every night. It's become my well that I go to because I'm thirsty. My well. Man, if I was here long enough, I would hit every one of your wells. Why do you shop when you don't have money to spend? But it makes you feel good at the moment. So you shop and you charge it because you're thirsty. And this supplies your quenches that thirst at the moment until the bill comes in. And then you get frustrated. So you better go shop because that's the only thing that's going to make you feel better. And it's a cycle. It's going back to the same wells. You catch yourself. Again and again, I'm going back, I'm going back. Why do I keep going back? Because I'm thirsty and this satisfied me a little bit. But I keep going back and I know I shouldn't, but I'm drawn back to the well again and again and again. Why a man goes to his man cave? Why are you watching porn? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I can't believe he said that. He was going pretty far just saying thirsty. Because you're thirsty. And your well might look different than someone else's, but it's still the well you keep going back to. 
why is it that you gossip about everybody trying to tear them down to make yourself feel better about who you are? Because that's the well. And it quenches your thirst at the moment. But it's the well I keep going back to. And Jesus is looking at this woman uh, and he's offering her living water to quench a thirst in her soul, not in her physical thirst, but a thirst in her soul. And, and he brings up the well she's been going to so far to quench it. You know, I, I've learned if I don't realize why I go here, I'll just keep going. It's just the pattern. I get thirsty, I go get a drink. I get thirsty, I go back to my well. I get thirsty, I go back. It's a pattern. And Jesus is bringing out her pattern. Yeah, you're thirsty. Five men. And another. You've done giving up on doing it right now. You're just living with this guy. The well. Yeah, I've learned, I've learned this. When you get too thirsty, you get delusional. You get crazy. You get crazy when you get thirsty. Get someone out in the desert for a couple of days. They'll start seeing things. They'll start imagining things. They'll start seeing water holes where there is no water. Because thirsty makes you crazy. They'll say some things. They'll act different. Because thirsty... Getting too thirsty makes you crazy. Yeah, the children of Israel, they dealt with this back in, back in Exodus when, when, when God's taken them through the wilderness. Watch, watch in, in Exodus 17. It says, Then all the congregation of, Is of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin. That's odd, isn't it? They were leaving the wilderness of sin. And what happened? Their water source, their well source was no more because if I'm leaving sin, I can't go back to the well. But what happens is I get awful thirsty. Come on. Because I haven't learned where my water source comes from yet. So they're leaving the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. 
So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? And watch this, why do you tempt the Lord? Another, another way of putting it, why do you test God with this? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with this people? Watch this. They are almost ready to stone me. They're ready to kill me. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. You better have some protection. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. They're leaving a wilderness of sin. And they're thirsty. And they want to go back to their well. You know, when you get too thirsty, you start thinking you had it better before because you get crazy. When you get too thirsty, you'll find a pattern of going back to where it quenched you before. If you get too thirsty, you'll just automatically think, I've got to go back. Or, here they are, God has delivered them from Egypt, and they're thinking, I better get back to Egypt. I'm thirsty. I had it better in Egypt. Yeah, I was beat. Yeah, I was a slave. Yeah, it was awful, but, but I had a well I could keep going back to. I wasn't dry. It didn't satisfy me, but, but I at least had a well. I knew directions where it was. When I got too thirsty, I could go back because when you get too thirsty, you always think it's better in the past. You get crazy. They're ready to kill Moses. They're ready to take over. They're ready to just abandon it all. And, 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 and God says, look, you've been trying to quench a thirst out of a well and I'm going to show you a source that's different than the well. I'm going to pull water out of a rock for you. Because you've got to learn to look somewhere else for your thirst. You've got to learn to realize that that well, even though you can quench it, even though there's water that comes and it might satisfy you for a moment, you'll always go back to the well. So I've got to show you there's another source. There's a rock that you can go to. There is water that will come out. There's a rock. There's another way. There's another way to satisfy what you've been thirsting for. You see... 
You see, we've got it all wrong. We think it's wrong to thirst. And we think, well, I shouldn't be thirsty. I just shouldn't. And we, and we tend to think, well, I did this because I was thirsty. I've got to stop being so thirsty. But the problem is, once you get thirsty, you're going to go to something. You're going to go to something. Come on now. The problem isn't that you're thirsty. The problem is the wells you keep going back to. Come on. Well, I'm getting ready to set somebody free right there just with that statement. The problem isn't that you're thirsty. The problem is the well that you keep going back to. The problem is that you keep going back to the same well. Or you try a different well. And you're just constantly going. The problem isn't that I'm thirsty. The problem is the well that I go to. You see, thirsty... Thirsty is what draws us to Jesus. There's not something wrong. There's nothing wrong with the need for love or the need of validation, the need of acceptance, the need of security. There's nothing wrong with being thirsty. The problem is the well I go to because it was my thirst that drew me to Christ because He was the only one who could give me that love that I'm looking for, that security that I'm after, that validation, that acceptance that I've been longing for. There's nothing wrong with the thirst. It's the source that I go to to quench my thirst. Paul said this, going back to, to the children of Israel in Exodus and that rock. He, he said, he said look, look at this. Put that verse up because I don't have it memorized, but I know I've got one. There we go. He said, and all drink, speaking of the children of Israel, all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock. Not the well. Not, not the well. They drank from the rock. And followed, that followed them. And that rock was, was Christ. That rock was See, I've been looking at wells when I should be looking at the rock. I've been looking at other sources when I should be looking to Him. I've been looking at everything else when I should just be looking to Him. He's my source. He's, my, he's the thing. He's the rock. He's the water that I'm longing for really within my soul. And I've got to stop. I don't know who this is for, but the Holy Spirit speaking to someone right now. You feel like you're in a wilderness and you're dry and you're thirsty. And I just want to tell you it's okay to be thirsty, but quit going to the same well. Instead, go to the rock. Go to Him. Only He can satisfy you. So tomorrow, listen, tomorrow when I get thirsty, and I think, I better check Facebook. No, no, I, I better, I better go to him. He's my source. He's my rock. Tomorrow when I get thirsty and I'm thinking, oh, I better go over 
here. No, no, no. He's my source. He's my rock. This won't, this, if I go back here, I'll keep going back. And I've got to learn. Listen, listen, you're going to get thirsty, but who are you going to go to? It's Him. If it was wrong for you to be thirsty, why did Jesus say, Come unto me? All who are hungry and thirst. If it was wrong to be thirsty, why would, watch what Revelation says. Watch, watch this. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, you know who the bride is? The church right now. You, you come this morning and you're thinking, well, I was just coming, no. No, no, you were drawn because you were thirsty. And here's what the Holy Spirit and the church is saying, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. I'm telling you, you come this morning, and I know you're thirsty, but there's good news. There's a rock. There's water for your soul. There's something that can quench it. You don't have to go to the well anymore. Come this morning and let God quench that thirst in you. Come on, stand with me this morning. You know when deliverance takes place in your life? When you go to the rock instead of the well. When you change the pattern. I know you think deliverance comes when I no longer have the desire. It comes before then. Deliverance happens when I no longer satisfy my desire. When I no longer satisfy my desire this way. But I satisfy it through Him. That's when deliverance comes. You think you can't be delivered because you're still thirsty. God wants to set you free by quenching your thirst a different way. I knew that deliverance would happen today. Deliverance would take place today. Some of you came thirsty. And all through the week, you found yourself in patterns of going back to the same old wells. But you're still thirsty. So this morning, can I just encourage you as we worship?
Come. 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 All who are thirsty. I'm not, it's no, it's okay to be thirsty. I'm not, I'm not judging. We all get thirsty. Just don't go back to the same well. Go to the rock. So come. Come. Let him quench that thirst that your soul's longing for this morning. Come to him. Bow our heads. Holy Spirit. God, you gave me a word. And God, I can't draw anyone, but Holy Spirit, you can. So Holy Spirit, in this place right now, you work. Draw all those that are thirsty to you right now. Build them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, will you come this morning? Will you, will you come this morning? And let God begin to quench that thirst in your life. It might be love that you're after. It might be just security. Validation, acceptance that you struggle with. On letting flame just quench some thirst in you this morning. Just come this morning. Song, take. 
Jesus till nothing else will satisfy. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. 